At Solomon Brothers Jewelers, their customers always come first. They're a family business that has been setting the standard of customer care for over 30 years. They have thousands of in-stock options for wedding bands, engagement rings, and loose diamonds, and can promise the lowest prices at the highest quality. A diamond marks a new chapter in your life. Trust Solomon Brothers experts with commemorating the most precious moments in your life. Visit SolomonBrothers.com today to begin making memories. Welcome to Animation Deliberation, the podcast where we take action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. On today's episodes, your hosts, J. Scotty St. Clair and Zuhair Ali, are joined by frequent collaborator Brian V. Klein to cover Marvel's MODOK, the stop-motion animation series from Hulu, the final five episodes. All of that right after these ads they don't have any control over. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Sing along if you know the words. A one, two, three, it's time for animation, deliberation, a conversation and a celebration of our favorite action animated series, yeah. I, I gotta say, seeing Brian dance along with that kind of threw me off a little bit. <laughs> I was gonna try to do the, the, how they do it when they do the harmonizing with the, the, the hand to the ear, and yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you got really into that. <laughs> <laughs> good times, good times. That's right, folks. It's another episode of Animation Deliberation. We are back to cover Hulu's MODOK, the stop-motion animation series. These are the final five episodes, episodes six through ten. And uh, it's just an exciting series to, to be covering. Before we dive right in, I want to introduce my co-host, Zuhair Ali, as well as our special guest who joined us last time. Brian V. Klein, what's going on, guys? How are we doing today? Fantastic. I am. I'm glad to be done with the show. <laughs> <laughs> Way to bury the lead. <laughs> A stamp of approval? <laughs> well, as we do here at the Animation Deliberation Podcast, we like to highlight our listener feedback, and that includes the reviews that we get each week. Those five-star reviews are definitely critical to us as a growing podcast here. And it looks like we did get a, a bevy of new reviews. So, Zuhair, I believe uh, you had a, a one that you wanted to bring up here. What you got for me, my friend? Yeah, we got a five-star review from App Newbie saying, It's been a delight to listen to J. Scotty and Zuhair. I didn't think I was going to start watching the animated shows, but suddenly I found myself watching and enjoying the programming and then listening to these guys break it all down. And I'm sure the theme song is now forever stuck in my head. Laugh out loud. Great job. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that ringing endorsement. And thank you for the five-star review. That's uh, very, very kind of you. So, All right, gentlemen. Well, let's, let's, let's talk some MODOK. Given the nature of the show, we've already kind of pontificated on the fact that as much as there is a through line in the sense that we've got this, this story of AIM and the Grumble Takeover and the introduction of uh, what Hexus, the living corporation, as well as the fallout of Modoc's family and his wife leaving him. 
it really is a show that uh, lacks a lot of structure and a lot of sense. It takes a lot of roots from, you know, Stupid Monkey, Stupid Buddy is the animation studio here. So it, it's kind of open nature in, in on a, it flies by the seat of its pants is kind of what I'm trying to say. And I figure this, this conversation can kind of follow a similar format. So I just want to kind of open it up. Did you guys have, you know, favorite moments, favorite episodes, uh, standout storylines? Let, let's just talk about it. How did you feel? about these five episodes and how this, the season ended Zuhair, you kind of already, already <laughs> alluded to how you're feeling. So why don't you go ahead and, and open up and, and let us know how you're feeling? Yeah, I'm kind of matching what I thought with the first five episodes in regards to, I feel like mid sequence, like as something storyline related is going on, whenever they drop comedic moments, it delivered, but as a whole, like a lot of the stuff just felt kind of forced Mm-hmm. And it didn't really hold my attention as much as I would have liked it to. And not to say that it wasn't entertaining or didn't have its entertaining points, but like if somebody were to say, like, hey, what do you think of the show? It's like, I would tell them to watch it just to figure it out for themselves, but it doesn't have like my you gotta watch this show type of response. Um, in regards to favorite moments, um, I think it's a mix of my emotions because when they had the the trash cans that went to Asgard and the other one that went to his stomach, <laughs> as he was pouring the milk down, I was like, if that's going to his stomach, wouldn't he throw it up? And I was like, I was trying to put logic into it, which like irritated me that they didn't think of that. And then when he actually started throwing up milk, I was like, okay, yeah. not bad. But then Gary goes over to like throw up in the same trash can that goes directly to his stomach, and I just lost it at that. I was like clever i like that i really like that uh, i'm glad they chose not to show that that was the perfect time to cut to the title sequence yeah. he just went no 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 no. <laughs> yeah that, I, I think all those criticisms are fair as much as i've enjoyed the series i i am very much a fan of a lot of that crude and off-kilter adult swim humor uh, that being said i do look forward to you know if this show gets a second season some of my favorite moments and favorite parts of the show were when it did do things differently from from Robot Chicken, and definitely, uh, definitely, definitely uh, I, I just won't I won't bury the lead here in terms of like where we leave off in this season. I was kind of surprised, given how you know tongue in cheek a lot of the series was, how heavy a place it left off in terms of like we see this God Emperor version of of Modok be successful and essentially having sacrificed his family and, and killed off this other other version of himself. So, uh, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you think about that? What do you think about the stakes and, and whatnot and where we left off there? I was actually, I, I was I was kind of surprised just because they left it open-ended like that. Um, it leads you to believe that there could be a season two, but with this being, I think, the only one of the Hulu shows that was commissioned a year and a half ago two years ago was right. the only one that stayed around that it was kind of uh interesting that they would do that but yeah i mean it did it left it it left it in a way that was it was interesting but um i, I fall sort of in between you guys as far as my I, i'd like to show i enjoyed it when it got done i was like well, that was good but i also didn't have the especially with how big of a modok fan i am sure that i wasn't like I'm going to go rewatch it again. Yeah. Mainly because right now there's so many things I'm watching that it's just like I couldn't, you know, take some time and say, I'm going to watch this again. Yeah. Um, 
I definitely did have two competing favorite moments from the second half of the season. One of them is more just a general uh, to lose because Lou is my favorite character. And when they decided not to kill his, uh, the, the robot version of him. Right. But then that same note when him and uh, Melissa used the drunk gun. Oh yeah. (laughs) And uh, to bond over how uh, I'd like to talk about the parents was just hysterical. Yeah. Like just some of the things, some of the little, and there was a little bit at the end of, I think it was end of episode seven, the makeover one with Wonder Man. Yeah, but it was yeah. still just like, I got done with that, and then they hit me with it. I'm like, oh, my God, and I started laughing again. So it didn't. It was not lacking huge belly laughs and actual, like, laugh-out-loud moments. Mm-hmm. And it did have a good storyline all the way through. At the end, it wasn't like a show like Invincible or something where you want to go back and rewatch it again. Right, yeah. Right. I mean, right. I will probably rewatch it. Like, if it, it, down the line, it's not going to be one of those shows where I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm done with it. So, But with shows out there now like Invincible and Demon Slayer and stuff that basically begs you to rewatch it because it's so dense. This was more like a, I wouldn't call it a palate cleanser, but it was very, I mean, I think it was very well produced, very well written, very well. I mean, Pat Oswald, holy cow, he just nailed it. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just tell people, yeah, watch it and, you know, think what you want to think about it. Sure, sure. I, I just kind of spoke about how I thought the show succeeded a little bit more where it, it did things to differentiate itself from Robot Chicken. Do you think just for a point of conversation here, do you think it would have benefited the show in any way to maybe lean more into that just to kind of stand out from all the, the comic comic book content and superhero content we've got? Cause you, you talked about it not really being a palate cleanser, but maybe it had the opportunity to be a palate cleanser. It very much was like a family sitcom meets a, a workplace comedy. And we've seen those in the past. We talked about, you know, Harley Quinn as well as uh, the ill-fated damage control. Right, right. Um, on that note, like, okay, Robot Chicken is one of my favorite shows of all. Like, I when that show, when it's it's coming back sometime soon, but when that show airs, I watch it like the next morning, the first thing. Okay. But the thing about Robot Chicken is, is that later on, if I go, if a new episode comes on, or I don't know if it's a new episode comes on, most of the time I don't know if I watched it already mm. because it's such a uh, in your ear, makes you laugh, and then you forget about it. The earlier seasons mm-hmm. had a lot more re- like memorable bits where I think Modoc succeeded in using the humor in a longer form narrative like they did. If they tried to do like like uh, bit to bit to bit with a little bit of through line, I think it would have been worse for lack of a better word. But okay. I did okay. I, I enjoyed the amount of storyline that was in it. I just don't I I I can't tell. Maybe it was for the fact that all these other things we're watching right now were are so gritty that this was more of... It, I wouldn't want to call this family-friendly, but compared to Demon Slayer and Invincible, it's the most... It's like basically PG-13. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. I mean, animated stuff these days is getting way more, you know, adult content uh, for the ability to be able to do it. But for what it's worth, I did enjoy... I mean, I think that the stop-motion animation combined with the CGI that they used in this was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I'm very, very impressed with some of the action, action sequences. Even, you know, the first five episodes we, we discussed. I still think maybe the like either the mad scientist fight or um, the fight between the, the two versions of MODOK might have been the highlight in terms of action, but, you know, as far yep. as seeing those robot versions ripped in half and then the alternate version of MODOK in the big bodysuit and everything like that, those were all really, really well done as well. 
But yeah. Zuhair, it sounded like you had some thoughts on, on some of the action sequences. What you got? I mean, I think the peak of it was actually that fight between the scientists. Like, I don't oh, okay. think anything topped that afterwards. Like, yeah, things were detailed and they were, like, visually appealing for what was going on. But, like, that fight scene actually made me go, ooh. And, <laughs> like, nothing action-wise really grabbed me grabbed my attention after after that episode. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But when when um, when BBK mentioned the the drunk gun, I just can't stop thinking of the dialogue. It's like I'm gonna shoot those dogs so that they have sex. Oh no, I missed. I was doing it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a great moment. And as as much as you know, we're talking about how certain aspects of the show didn't work. A lot of the humor does work, and I did find myself laughing out loud at least a, a couple, three or four times every episode. And I think where the show really did succeed outside of, you know, some of the storylines we've already talked about is it really does place you in a world and pitch you with characters that you, you actually want to spend more time with. I, we, we talked about how unlikable Modoc himself is, but he's surrounded by such wonderful characters. You guys talk about Lou. We get a whole nother Lou in the picture, which is pretty great. Uh, but for me, like uh, Gary was one that was just kind of like he popped up here and there in the first part of the season, but we got so much more of Gary's backstory with big Mike and the oh, whole yeah. sequence of him working out to take out Austin. And then I bring up Austin, Austin again, Austin is a super unlikable character, but ends up being like one of my favorite characters because he, I think my, the laugh most, the most laugh out loud moment for me is when Austin brought out Sherlock, his little dog that helps him with his, his different management styles. And he has his exchange with Modoc, but then right after these like, Oh, is that Dillman? He's like, we found some questionable imagery on your hard drive. <laughs> Looks like some rough, rough stuff. The police are on their way. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite thing about Gary was uh, how much of a pyromaniac he is. Oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like, you can't even see any facial reactions, but it's like the camera's getting closer and closer to his face, and his tone is changing by just how, like, seductive fire is. And then later on, you just see him with the flame. And I was like, what is going on with this dude? Yeah. <laughs> and what it's it like, was Modoc's response? Like yeah, Modoc's response is like, yeah, fire's great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then also, so bringing up Gary, and we, we talked about Austin. Gary is actually the one that takes out Austin. And Austin gets, you know, pretty unceremoniously replaced by Nex, or I keep saying Nexus, but it's Hexus, the living corporation. But then on the other side of things, Modoc sold his majority shares and Monica's to Iron Man. So we've got AIM 2.0 with Monica, Modoc, and Gary. And for my purposes, it's nice to see Modoc and Monica kind of repair that relationship because we saw where she came from in the in the first five episodes and, and found out that she was originally a Modoc fangirl. So nice. <laughs> Again, we don't know if we're going to get a second season, but as far as like leaving this season off on a, a, a nice end note for that character. Works I don't me. know why, but when, um, when, <laughs> when he started aim Two, it reminded me of the episode of the office where Michael Scott decides to start a separate paper pro company in the yeah. basement of Dunder Mifflin <laughs> with like, no, basically he was just buying the paper. I forgot where he was buying it from, like Office Depot or something like that. Yeah. Selling like it was him doing it to just so he could do it. Yeah. But in the end of it, it's just like there's really no purpose for it. It's all a comedic aspect of it. Or comedic for the, like the laugh factor. So as soon mm. as that hit, I'm like, like I said, the movie. 
I think Nate Muzzy said it best where I wanted to love this show. Okay. But I really liked it. Yeah. So it's sort of like, I think maybe the expectations were kind of high just because I loved the character and it started off strong. Um, it just, it, it, like I said, it wasn't bad. It's just, maybe it's one of those shows too that, you know, out, out of secondary watch, you pick up more stuff and go like, wow, this was a lot better than I gave it credit for, but it'll have to wait. Yeah. Time will tell. I wonder, I wonder what the, you know, the public opinion on this series will be. And with these streaming services, that's kind of been the thing to kind of, you know, talk about the behind the scenes stuff and what goes into whether or not a series actually gets renewed. I mean, uh, to date this recording a little bit, we just got the news that Jupiter's legacy on Netflix, like that only came out like three weeks ago and was fairly popular from what I could tell, but Netflix decided not to renew it. So, uh, oh, really? yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be negative here, but as much as I enjoyed Modoc, I do feel like the public opinion just based on initial reactions has been a little more lukewarm, at least what, from what I've seen. Uh, There's a difference here, like with okay, not to jump on the Jupiter's Legacy thing. They're actually making a spin-off series from it with the same author, but a different set of books in the same universe. Okay. But I think what the problem was with any of the shows that do the dump binge like this mm-hmm. is that Mandalorian, when that came out and they decided to do week by week, it became a water cooler talk again. It became what's happening next, what's happening next. Yeah. With this and with the I Netflix model. So yeah, it's just like you get it done with it, and then like a week from now, you get to, you're, you know, there's no one talking about it. You're not talking about the week by week. So with like uh, Loki and WandaVision and, and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you constantly were talking about it for the whole run of the show for six right. weeks, for eight weeks, for ten weeks. This is. I mean, this show, this this came out on May twenty first, and I bet you the like the social media footprint of the show right now is near the bottom because it was it peaked and then it everyone watched it and then it sort of went away. That's what they look for. Um, I guess the only difference with that being was with Hulu being owned by Disney and Marvel being owned by Disney. It's sort of like a it's a property that they don't have to pay to put any more into it. But this isn't a show that you can't just stop right in the middle of production on the second season because you got uh, you know. You have all the assets and stuff, but you can't just pop out 10 shows in, in six months and expect it to be done. Yeah, and people who watch, uh, people who know I podcast and don't know that I podcast are still asking me about Invincible. Have you seen the show? Have you heard of the show? What'd you think of the show? You got to check out the show. But like, nobody's mentioned Modoc to me at all. Yeah. Again, yeah. whether you're listening to this podcast or not, or like if you know that I podcast or not, like, it's not being talked about from my understanding. I'm not seeing it on Facebook at all. It's not coming up in conversation at all. And it is that thing is like not like Netflix is kind of like the standard for streaming. You know whether HBO and um, Disney Plus are arguably doing better things or not. Hulu isn't quite that high up there. Like it's not common to have a Hulu account. So that on top of what you said, all the episodes coming up at once, like the opportunity for conversation hasn't even presented itself yet. Right. And there's also other stuff like you were saying between Invincible being out there right now and even, I mean, Bad Batch is killing it, but that's a, another animated show that's week by week that you keep you know waiting for you know the storyline to continue. So, yeah, like I, I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it that the people I normally talk to Marvel stuff about either inside or outside of the Stranded Panda group, Modoc is sort of like a I mean, it's a it's a non-entity right now. Well, to make a call back to the show itself, it's a bit of an anomaly, if you will. Uh, 
<laughs> Where's the button that hits the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, I, 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 I feel... <laughs> yeah. I, I've already kind of said as much as I enjoyed the series, I, I do feel like there was room for improvement, and it just does kind of go to show how great a job Amazon did with Invincible, the fact that it's still in the conversation. And I'm really <laughs> glad that we covered that show. I'm still glad that we covered Modoc. I mean, it had a lot of interesting things going on in terms of just being more adult in terms of the the humor that we're covering, as well as just the animation style. You don't really see a lot of stop motion animation out there these days, and it's painstaking to do, and it was beautifully done. So I do want to give it love there. And well, we, we talk mm-hmm. about, you know, how endearing some of these characters are, but it's the, the voice actors that are bringing them to life. And I've said on every episode of coverage that we've done for MODOK, like, I really do feel like Patton Oswalt is doing a lot of the heavy lifting just in terms of the amount of dialogue that he has to fire off and the amount of jokes that he's he's firing off. And yeah, they don't all land, but man, he's he's killing it. He is the oh, for sure. mechanism designed only for killing, so that's, that's appropriate. <laughs> it's so natural for him to, like... Wasn't there a Parks and Rec episode where he was doing a filibuster? Oh, yes. That's... Yeah, about the prequels. And he just had to talk yeah. and talk and talk, and it was just kind of like how he would repair the Star Wars universe. Like, that's just what he's good at. It's yeah. it's just natural to him. Yeah. And he has a very, like, when he does voiceover, you know it's Patton Oswalt's voice. Oh, you, yeah. You can hear his voice, and you know it's him. Yeah, and bringing up Patton Oswalt, that does remind me in the... Uh, the episode with the bar mitzvah when Melissa shows that she bought a Stark phone and that there's a filter to show everybody as a puppet and it shows Patton Oswalt's actual face and he's like, Ugh, utterly macabre. Both <laughs> <laughs> uh, are the best. Yeah. As we're kind of winding down here, you know, it's it's a pretty basic show in, in, in nature, so it doesn't require a, a super lengthy conversation, but I did want to include some of the feedback that we did get and, uh, Brian, you mentioned uh, Muzzy's feedback there. So I put out the question into the, you know, we are part of the Stranded Panda Network, and one of the benefits of that is the community. And we've got the Stranded Panda chat, you know, uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash groups slash chat. And uh, in that group, I put out the, the question. I put out the prompt. I said, now that the dust has settled a bit, for those who watched, what are we thinking about MODOK? Worth the time? Yay, nay? Do we want to see a season two? And, of course, Muzzy, a collaborator on this show, friend of the show, he replied that he liked it, didn't love it, was worth the time, hope we get another season, and that it leans into the parts that worked. So, I mean, I obviously agree with that. But then we also got Ian Anderson. He was a little more positive, so it was nice to see this. He says he really liked it, but he has a really bizarre amount of love for MODOK specifically, so there was no way he wasn't going to like it. So, um Sounds like he loves Modoc as much as you love Fin Fang Foom or Silver Surfer. Hey, <laughs> what and that's the funny thing is, is that if you could take someone that loves the character outside of this, because this is basically a caricature of what Modoc usually is. Like, oh, Modoc sure, is sure. a villain, but this is sort of like the the yeah, it's the, the characterization of him being more silly, I guess. And um, like I said, it it, it works so. And that has a lot to do with uh, Pat Townswell, like we said. Yeah, I mean, he is a villain at the end of the day, so we talk about him being un- mm-hmm. unlikable and whatnot, but that also brings up another line when Jody was dating Wonder Man, and he kind of had that line when he said, I was questioning whether or not why you, how you could have, your ex-husband could be a supervillain, but now I'm starting to understand when he realizes that she was just dating him for the fame. 
And I, I kind of I appreciated that little bit of character development there, where as as likable of a character Jody was, she had a little bit more depth there, and you know, not everything was Modoc's fault entirely. Right, right. And now that you bring that up, that's probably something we completely glossed over was the fact that Nathan Fillion is yes. Wonder Man. Yeah, yeah, that was too good. And that was the whole thing that was you know teased in Guardians Two with right. him on the, the the poster on the the in the movie theater marquee and that he's going to be Wonder Man and he's supposed to show up in this and it's almost I mean he's not on the Mephisto level but it's like Wonder Man's going to show up sometime because during the the when they were doing the things for the promo and like behind the scenes stuff for WandaVision twice on screen they had a picture of a mo or of a Wonder Man poster behind the people yeah. talking. So Simon, it's like they're hit It was a Simon Williams film festival as uh as we learn. I think that in the in those scenes and uh spoilers for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two here, but Ego's taking over and you flash to scenes on Earth that I believe are supposed to take place in Missouri. And it was like yeah. a si- Simon Williams film festival and si- Simon Williams is the actor that becomes Wonder Man in the, in the yeah. comics so yeah definitely and a nice Nathan, callback Nathan Fillion so yeah. for him to do the voice on this it's sort of just like okay you guys got Nathan Fillion as Wonder Man yeah now you can yeah. shut up yeah <laughs> but I, I, you know they won't I love that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> oh yeah and it, it makes you kind of wonder we, we talk about how Hulu is technically owned by Disney and everything like that but mm-hmm. at what point did this was this series like first in development and whatnot and Patton Oswalt obviously has a long-standing relationship with with Disney. He popped up. I guess it's more on the TV side of things with uh, Agents of Shield. That I forgive me. Was it Agent Koenig? I want to say. Yep. Okay. The LMD, pretty much the okay. LMD for the show. Yeah, it just maybe makes me kind of wonder did, did the people on the other side of, of Disney kind of look at the people on the same side of Disney and be like, "We see what you're doing, and we can't technically admonish you for it, but we're not." Accepting well, the, it into the fold. The, the thing is with this is that Agents of Shield was always under Marvel Television. Right. Now it's under Marvel Studios, all of the TV stuff, and this is still under Marvel Television because this this was developed by Jeff Loeb, that okay. group yeah, who okay. did Shield. So they had gotcha. worked. So it basically was that. Like I said, this I think this is the last remaining property that's just falling under Marvel not Marvel Studios. Gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. it makes me always think, when you see it, it's like, it's not canon, but it's an animated thing that's sort of like this, that, yeah. I, I find it hard to believe that this would, they would find ways to try to make this canonical, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I do think we got a little sideline there. I want to kind of spin back and return to some of the feedback here. Uh, Jay Sisson, I, I want to point out, he had a really uh, well-worded comment here that I, I thought really kind of summarized my feelings almost better than I can state them myself. But the other reason I want to bring him up is I do want to give him a little plug. He does this podcast called Commute the Podcast with his buddy Dave. And uh, he's, a, he's a friend of, uh, you know, Stranded, Pat, he, uh, Stranded Panda, excuse me. He's in the network. He, he participates quite a bit. And it's a really good show. I highly recommend it. It's about 15 to 20 minutes an episode. The whole concept of the show is that you listen to it on your commute. And they give you a, a few random factoids there, and you, you end up a little bit smarter by the end of your commute. And it's just really well done. I, I really like the quality. I was super impressed with their rapport and chemistry, so I just wanted to give them a little plug there. But with that out of the way, Jay says, He really wanted to love this series, but he has mixed feelings on it now that it's over. Some parts are really well done. He liked the voice acting. Some of the world building around Modoc was interesting and paid off. And he liked the sitcom aspect of it, for example. 
The backdrop of being a world-conquering supervillain while trying to balance a suburban life works on a lot of levels for the show. The humor was a mixed bag, but when it hit, it was very funny. Some, excuse me, some episodes were more forgettable than others, but overall, I feel confident in the show to be able to improve in a second season and offer more of what makes it memorable and enjoyable. So, like I said, I can't really say it better myself. Yeah, I sort of, you know, basically echo that sentiment about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I don't know if there's too much more that we can say on on the subject of Modoc until we get you know some more news about the show's future. But I will not to steal the reins from a, another show too much. Uh, shout out to Bingers Assemble, but I'll call this the last call. Any any final things you guys want to say? Any standout moments? Any standout characters we didn't bring up? Any jokes or anything that just didn't flat out work for you? Now's your opportunity. Speak now, or forever hold your. Hold your peace. In regards to like little comic book references, I can't remember if it was Iron Man or Wonder Man that said this, but like to kind of end their scene, they were just like, "Well, I gotta go. Ultron's hacking Uber." <laughs> that one took me a second. I yeah. was like, "That's that's great." I like well, because I'm not a comic book fan, so like I get all of my comic book information from shows and movies and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. Just being mm-hmm. able to make that little connection was like, oh, that that was well done. <laughs> little things like that are just like clever, funny, not forced funny. Yeah, agreed. The one last thing I think I could think is I liked them. Uh, they just said this show was good with bringing in obscure characters, and the one we didn't mention again was Arcade. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Um, the good Murder job. World, and he's yeah. another one that showed up. I think he popped up a couple times in the old X Men animated series, and he's just a crazy, you know redheaded guy that wants to play games with everything and just has a murder fetish so yeah. so is he just the riddler of marvel because that's the vibe i was getting kind he's of he's a little more he likes playing games more than you know he's having like, people solve riddles he's like the riddler i was thinking meets, of like arkham knight riddler he's like the riddler hmm. meets Chuck E. cheese okay yeah. or almost like that guy from saw like you want to play a game because he, uh, I mean, so, so it's sort of. Like, sorry to cut you out. Do you know who voiced Arcade? Um, Alan Tudyk. That's right. That's right. Everyone's favorite yeah. resident alien. Yep. <laughs> and he does a good job because he is very good at disguising his voice. Oh, I yeah, I had no idea until I looked it up. I was going to go Mark Hamill actually. So. Hamill has a little bit more that he could tell. He 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 tends to lean sometimes into Joker. Yeah. Um, but Alan Tudyk was one I was just watching. Um, uh, Ralph breaks the internet again for probably the fifteenth time the other day. Okay. And I completely forget that he does the voice and knows more. The little uh, like the Google. Oh character. really? Yeah. I still need to. See I mean, after internet, after but, uh... he played a chicken in Moana, it was just like I've I've accepted that there's just plenty of roles that I've missed because I don't look things up like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's, uh, you know, that that, uh, that that makes for a good voice actor where you could just sort of blend into it and it's memorable, but it's just sort of like, oh, you don't have to know who it is, it's just a character. Okay. While we're, yeah, while we're kind of wrapping up here, I thought I had said everything I wanted to say, but I did want to just shout out, you know, Super Adaptoid again, uh, didn't have the the largest role he did act as a bit of a betrayer there in, mm-hmm. in most of these episodes but i did love that moment when 
he apologized for betraying and Melissa just resets and he's like, Oh, the Modocs, how are we? <laughs> yeah. like, you ready to betray me now? Like, well, I would never betray you. Can I have chicken nuggets? No, you're going to yeah. pay for that someday. <laughs> I like when he pulled up in the van, he just goes for beep, beep, heavy load in the driver's seat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, little things like that make it memorable. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But yeah, the, whether it's one or two, the lose definitely stole the show. They were they were mm-hmm. the highlight of it for me. Yeah, Ben Schwartz did kill it. He he was great, especially when he started having to do double duty t- towards the end there. Mm-hmm. I said duty. When he was doing the speech for the uh, the bar mitzvah, <laughs> that was pretty freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they started like harmonizing on the prayers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> next prayer, I was going with this type of vibe. Yeah, he's doing the scatting in the background. <laughs> even <laughs> even that before there was before there was two lose, and he was the, doing his uh, whole magic bit in Asgard, and the goblins oh, were yeah. uh, the cobalt goblins were completely eating it up, and yeah. the Modoc was just like, "What is what?" He, like he had no understanding what the 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 draw of this was. Right, right. <laughs> but yeah, Ben Schwartz just killed it. I mean, he's. Neither did the goblins. They're like, we no. don't understand. <laughs> no, but they were amazed by it because it was just simple, you know, sleight of hand. Yeah. Oh, and those Flourish. party turtles, whatever they were, when they were standing next to uh, Melissa, it's like, you're really bumming me out. The, the Seegermites, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good to see the Seegermites come back as well as the D-listers from, uh, you know, Monox Boys yeah. Night Out. We got to see, uh, was it Angar of Sweet Leg again? He was requesting... Sweet leg on the uh, on the karaoke. On the karaoke, he's yeah. Like, he's like, you just scissored me. He did <laughs> what now? <laughs> yeah, a little, uh, I wouldn't say double entendres, but a little bit of uh, adult humor that's masked by being what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's going to bring this episode of Animation to Liberation to a close. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us for our coverage of MODOK episodes six through ten i do want to plug the stranded panda network again we've mentioned that network a lot it's where we get a lot of our feedback uh, where we get a lot of our support and it's where you can find a bevy of wonderful shows go to strandedpanda.com or the facebook group i mentioned earlier Uh, i'll plug bingers assemble right here because i stole their little last call uh, segment that they do Uh, another good reason to bring it up is because both of my co-hosts just recently appeared on episodes of bingers assemble for a quiet place so uh, definitely check that out. I just that was one of my uh, having theaters just open up recently. This is my second trip back, and no spoilers, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed A Quiet Place Part Two. So definitely give them a listen there. Brian, definitely appreciate you coming on and, and discussing Modoc with us here. Did you have anything you'd like to mention to the people? Yes, I did. We have a new show that's coming on the horizon shortly here on the Stranded Panda Network. It's called uh, Source Pages, a reading collective, uh, Spark for short. And what we'll do is we'll cover novels and comics that act as either source material or primers or even continuations of stories for geeky TV shows and movies we love. Um, The first long-form one we're going to do, and uh, Jay Scotty is going to... Uh, help with it is we're covering the 1965 Frank Herbert novel Dune before the movie comes out in October. And so it's just a good way to discuss, you know, we're putting that out there because it is, you can't just say, oh, here's a novel. And then like three days later, 
catch the episode <laughs> because it's a it's a it's a it's a heavy it's a dense book so it just gives you some time so we'll probably record it within the next month or so but yep. um yep. there's other stuff coming too we're going to do some comic book primers for some of the marvel tv shows and movies and just whatnot so just keep uh keep a lookout on the stranded panda chat and uh it'll be coming shortly yes yeah keep keep an eye out for that one it'll be great to have a another show to join the the family of shows on the stranded panda network and We've needed a show like that for a long time, so you're a, a great guy to, to lead the charge there. Thanks for doing it. Oh, no problem. It's going to be one of those shows that's going to fill in like the bingers and the Pandavision where people want to cover something. We'll cover it, and it'll be just like a big family affair like those other shows. So it's uh, great to be there do, doing that and just uh, just looking forward to see what comes of it. Ask and you shall receive. Yeah. <laughs> Be- between the live watches, the live casts, and, and everything else, you, you will have no reason to ever leave Stranded Panda. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> that late night Loki thing we're doing is kind of insane, but it is still, you know, because we're going to be, uh, Loki drops at two in the morning on Wednesdays now, and we're going to do a live watch, then a live Twitch recording. So when people wake up in the morning, there'll already be a podcast out there uh, talking about the first reactions to it. So, you know, in, in the podcast game, it's almost like with new content. If you're not first, you know, you're falling behind pretty quickly. Okay, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> Uh, that'll do it for me. So I will say, stay tuned. That's T-O-O-N-E-D. Stay whelmed. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. When you bundle your renters and auto insurance with Progressive, you could save money, but it doesn't cover any terrible memories living rent-free in your head. Hey, just wanted to remind you of that time your kicker missed the extra point and lost the game. Even though he literally never missed an extra point, he chose this playoff game to miss. Yeah, I just noticed you hadn't thought about that in a bit. Wouldn't want you to miss, you know, thinking about it. Sorry, we can't save you from that memory, but we could save you money bundling your renters and auto insurance with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Renters insurance and bundle discount not available in all states or situations.